Hey, Rocketeers, this is Brianna. Uh, so, of course, we recorded this amazing episode for you today. And then Microsoft came out with a brilliant, absolutely news-filled event uh, with some really exciting stuff with Surface. Uh, we really thought about throwing this whole episode away uh, and re-recording because there's so much news, but we're not going to do that. Just know next week we are going to have a ton of uh, coverage of the entire new line of Surface products. There's a lot there to be excited about, so just stay tuned on that. Anyway, on to this week's Rocket. Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I'm a big baby, a big dumb baby. I'm joined today by <laughs> Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. Uh, and this show is, of course, brought to you by Squarespace, ExpressVPN, and Pingdom. Woo. How are y'all doing? I'm feeling good. We're good. So so I, the audience wants to know, Simone, what color iPhone did you get? <laughs> well, here's my question. Do we want to do my fun update first or Bree's uh, more serious fun talk fun update. first? Let's do fun, then unfun. Exactly. Well, folks... I did buy an iPhone. <laughs> I did. It is confirmed. <laughs> I have the order number screen capped. And I'm sure if I went into my order history on apple.com, I would see the order there with my eyes. Uh, yellow is the color that I got. What What happened? Because yeah. we get all these panic texts before the show starts. I can't find my iPhone order. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, what, ha- <laughs> what happened? is maybe it was a little late at night. Listeners of last week's episode will remember that the the running theme of the episode was that I was in the process of buying an iPhone. And I was indeed. Mm -hmm. And I believe in that last moments of the episode, I had decided on yellow. I remember clicking a uh, storage size. I remember looking and seeing that it wasn't available for pickup near me. I would get it delivered. I remember going through the screen where you're asked if you want Apple Care, uh, and I said, ah, nah, fine, I'll get a case. I don't need it. Um, and then after you click confirm on all of that stuff, you click confirm a last time, and you're taken to a login screen. And here's the point where things went wrong for me, because I think what happened is that I got to this screen and said, I guess my order has gone through and I have been yeah. locked out of Apple. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm you're like, I'm done now. And instead there was one last thing. Surely I'm done now. <laughs> um, so when I was going through it tonight, I was of course like, you know, the the gif of the lady doing math, um, like equations flying around her head. I'm like going through all this, like th- this is uh, deja vu, a glitch <laughs> in the matrix. I've been here before. And then mm-hmm. I get to that login screen and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use the website correctly. And then I did log in. And then, of course, there was like 17 steps of what's your credit card information? Remind me of your social security number so that we can process your loan, um, uh-huh. which I definitely did not do last time. So. Long story short, I've ordered an iPhone. 
Simone's going to get to give an update of an Apple product we haven't bought, Christina. This is history. I know. I, I, this, this is actually great. Uh, honestly, this is really good for the show because Simone will be able to do the review of the iPhone 11. I uh, will do, you know, I've given my thoughts on the iPhone 11 Pro. And um, uh, we will also get to hopefully see selfies of some sort or people will take photos of you and your yellow phone. That's really what I want to see. You're going to see hella slow fees. Hell yeah. Um, and my final thought is th- this might actually be great. This is actually great for me because in my faint memory of last Tuesday or Wednesday when I ordered an iPhone, I remember the monthly loan payments being almost equal to what I'm paying now. And what I just mm-hmm. confirmed with Apple is that they are much, much lower. And I don't know yeah. if that's my memory playing tricks false, cruel tricks on me, or if it's actually an awesome thing that has happened over the last week. But I thought I was going to be paying around 40 a month again, but I'm paying 26, which is nuts. Um, so that's good. That's my story. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. great, actually. That's awesome. Very happy for you. Yeah, good. Thank you, Christina, for the tip on um, trading in the eight now rather than waiting another year, because you're right. I think that this is the right time to do it even though the phone is still good uh the trade in value just won't be as much next year so i'm i'm content i'm really tempted i'm really tempted but i'm gonna stay the course for now stay the course um stay the course tell us for now let's have an abrupt abrupt (laughs) mood shift um brianna update us on your your wildlife I don't know yeah. if this is an abrupt mood shift. Um, I, I'm just going to say, uh, so you Rocket listeners heard us kind of hinting to this next last week. This is when it was all happening. Uh, I'm being sued by Alex Jones for uh, defamation uh, in Texas. So, um, I cannot legally comment on the case. Uh, there is a Boston, uh, a Boston magazine piece out there. We'll link to in the show notes. It's a hundred percent accurate. Everything in there is completely accurate. And the long and short of it is I sent out a tweet, uh, summing up a Connecticut post article, which is a old school traditional newspaper. And uh, Alex Jones is suing me, uh, mm. Young Turks, and a former BuzzFeed producer. So, again, I cannot comment on this case, but there is a slight possibility I'm going to need a legal defense fund to take on Alex Jones. So, I may be asking Rocket listeners for some help with that. Yowza. Yeah, th- this was <laughs> what we learned about, like, right before we recorded last week. And, uh, yep. oh, boy, I... I, I obviously I think that you are going to win, um, but what an annoyance for you to have to deal with on top of running a campaign! My God, right? It's it's frustrating. Cause it's the end of it was the end of Q three when this came out. You know, the last week of any uh, campaign is very hectic uh, because you're focused on raising money and. You know, it's just a huge distraction. So uh, I'm getting two days off from the campaign this week to deal with this. So I will know a lot more about this uh, tomorrow. Awesome. So there it is. Yeah, good. Thanks for filling us in. And sorry you're going through all this. Unfortunately, I think that, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to pretend to be one. Uh, this this does not seem, from my perspective, to have um, a, a, a lot of stuff there. But the fact that this is a hindrance and, um, you know, a distraction is very frustrating and um, is, I would, I would imagine at least part of the goal 
for this sort of yeah. thing is, yeah. is is to, you know, not just you, but the journalists and the other people to put them in that position. Because that's the that's the thing. Even if you believe that a lawsuit is without merit, you still have to respond to it. Mm-hmm. It still costs Correct. money. It still costs time. Uh, and um, that's that's the frustrating part. That is absolutely correct. So uh, there it is. Uh, so it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. There it is. All <laughs> right. Let's get to some more fun news. Uh, we're starting off with iOS 13 today. And of course, we will be talking about uh, the Verges story on Mark Zuckerberg's leaked Q&A with Facebook employees over the summer uh, when they were talking about the response to Libra and Elizabeth's, Elizabeth Warren's uh, stated goals of breaking up big tech. And we'll be finishing off by talking about the Birds of Prey trailer, which looks great. It's so good. Spoiler. I'm going to take a big drink of water because my mouth is sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Letting y'all know. Um, (laughs) Thank you for sharing. I just ate an apple. It was really delicious, but it made me sticky. Um, Hey, I was 13. I haven't updated yet, but everyone is telling me it's bad. Don't. Don't. I Um, I got sent it's really buggy. I got stuck in traffic for 45 minutes because my phone broke down and completely stopped updating through CarPlay, leaving me in the middle of Massachusetts. Oh, Do not no. install this. Massachusetts? Disgusting. <laughs> hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> um, so, so, the, so this was a really buggy release cycle. Like, typically... Apple has had a few years where, you know, some of the betas that they've issued have been, you know, really solid. And then some years where the the developer betas and now they have the public betas have been really not. And this was a year where for the first time ever, I think, I didn't put iOS 13 on my main phone before it came out. Um, I put it on an iPad, not my main iPad, and because of the feedback I was getting from other people and just kind of the the general experience that I had on my older iPad, I was like, you know what? I'm out. Mm -hmm. If I had multiple phones and if I was doing it for my job, that would be one thing. I didn't and I don't. So um, I did not install iOS 13 um, during the beta process except for on um, uh, my iPad Pro 9.7. Uh, which I realize is not the best, you know, test mark for that, et cetera, et cetera. But that was just kind of my feeling. And the release, so iOS 13 came out, I guess it was two weeks ago as we're recording this. Um, And then within, so it came out, I guess, on the 20th. And then on the 24th, I guess, so last week, um, iOS 3.1 came out. And since then, we are now at iOS (laughs) 3.1.2. So they've issued... Since I got iOS 13, and, and to be clear, like my, my new iPhone um, 11 Pro shipped with iOS 13, it has had three point updates in the 10 days that I've owned the phone. Wow. Um, and uh, which, is, which is interesting. And the rumors are, uh, as we record this, that on, on Wednesday, October 2nd, iOS 3.2 is 13.2 is supposed to be out, and that will be the the release that we'll be giving um, access to the Fusion camera uh, because apparently that's already in betas. But it is notable, I think, that this is one of those releases where iOS 13 they were beta testing iOS 13.1 before iOS, like at the same time that they were beta testing iOS 13. And why a lot of people. This this is this is kind of the unknown quantity. Clearly, they maybe had to push some things from the from the dot zero release to the dot one release, 
What I don't understand, John Gruber's theory, I think is pretty good, but what I don't understand is why they didn't just hold back the iOS 13 release until iOS 13.1 was ready. Um, John Gruber's theory is that you needed iOS 13 to use the new Apple Watch, and that was why oh. they didn't want to de- they didn't want to delay the release of the Apple Watch, so they shipped you know um, iOS 13 out. My opinion, and and I realize this could have cost them a lot of money, so I don't want to pretend like I know the economics behind it. It probably did make sense to have the buggy release go out, but I I wonder if it would have been better for them to just hold the release of the watch four days, uh, if that was the case. So, you know, but, but Bree, I'm assuming you're on the latest update and you're still having issues. Yeah, it's a hot mess. Um, in fact, as I, as we're recording this, I've updated to the latest version. One password does not work. Uh, I, I got the Twitter account for the special show Rocket is thinking about doing today. I couldn't make a strong password because one oh. password uh, was broken. Uh, a lot of the Face ID stuff is still not working correctly, uh, as well as with banking and other things that use the... Uh, basically, it uses Face ID and passes the token there for security. That doesn't work well. Uh, it's very, very buggy with CarPlay. I found myself today, uh, I had a hour long drive and I was listening in silence because it, uh, CarPlay completely turned the stereo all the way off in a way where even unplugging my phone did not fix the <gasps> problem. And it wasn't mm. until I pulled over on the side of the road and rebooted my car that I got my stereo working again. That's ridiculous. That's not good. My mail is crashing nonstop. I do want to say it's not as bad on my iPad, but on my iPhone iPhone 10, it's just flat out unusable. And I deeply regret upgrading, even though Apple Arcade is pretty great. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not running into that same level of issues. I will say, obviously, I only used iOS 13 for like a day or two before I got my new phone. And so um, it was buggy on the iPhone XS uh, Max, but it it obviously wasn't anything like what you're experiencing. I just don't use CarPlay. On my 11 Pro, there are still bugginess issues. The biggest thing I ran into, and this is a weird one, and, and it's still kind of happening. So, and I don't know if it's, it's an iOS issue or if it's a, a different website issue, but historically, you know, if you view... If you click on a link on a website and it takes you to the mobile Twitter page, there is an option at the top where you can tap open in app. And uh, so if you're viewing, you know, the mobile Twitter interface in in a web browser, or, but you want to open it in the Twitter client, mm, you have yeah. the ability to do that. Well, that button just straight up does not appear for oh, me. Whoops. And it, it, it appears in some apps, but not in others. It's not consistent. It works sometimes on the iPad. I haven't really had it work on the phone. Other people have had this issue too. This is an issue I, I filed um, a, a feedback bug. I filed a few other bugs that I've run into as well. Another issue I had, and I don't know if this was a change in their security thing or, or, or reset, were you know repressing things. But when I tried to, so I got my new phone. It took me a while to get it set up uh, and configured with the the two factor authentication system I have to use at work. And some of those issues might have been related to our software. I don't want to uh, you know um, blame Apple or iOS for that, but I, I will say that it was more of a pain to set up my phone this time than it was last time and the time before. But the big thing is when I got onto the corporate network, typically what happens is that a little sign-in thing will come up and and you will, you know, enter, I'll enter in my email, I'll authenticate it. And then, you know, for a period of time, it'll like know 
you know, my phone is associated with me and let me use the network. Well, I never got that login screen. And I don't know if it was one of those things where the pop-up menu was suppressed or what. I really have no idea. But it was one of those things where it was, I had to go to Yammer of all places, which, you know, is a, is a thing that Microsoft owns and that we presumably use at work, but I never use it unless I'm having like a tech support problem and I can't find any solution. And I had to, you know, go through other people's complaints and somebody said, okay, go to captive.apple.com or whatever, and that will pull up the captive page. Then I was able to log in and do all that. But I had to go through that process to even get onto the network. Um, So I I don't know if this was a situation where they have, you know, um, uh, because they have changed the security model quite a bit. Um, It's similar. I don't want to demean it this way, but it is similar to Windows Vista where, you get a lot more insight into how applications are using your location and how cookies are using your data and things like that. But you're inundated with like allow, allow, allow if you want to allow access or, or deny access or, or whatever the case may be. And so I know with Safari, they changed some things with security and, and how cookies and tracking works. I don't know if this was just one of those changes where they're like, okay, we're going to suppress all pop-ups by default. But I will say if, if this is a known thing with any of the captive screens, anybody who's going to be trying to log in on any sort of you know corporate network or Wi-Fi on an airplane or any place where you have those kind of pop-up things come up after you join like a what looks like a um, an unauthenticated Wi-Fi and then you have to go through a, through a login screen, that's going to be a problem. So universally kind of the, beloved captive screens, which right, are I mean, so easy to use already. Totally. I mean, like, we, we hate them. And like I said, I don't, there, there might be like technical reasons why this is like better, right? Like, I don't want to make that kind of, um, you know, like a, a assumption about that, right? But a, about why they made this and say that it's a bad decision. I'm just saying that me as an end user, it's been a pain and, mm-hmm. and there have been niggles. I would also say, you know, there's just been, there have been crashes. There have been other things. This is not a polished release like we've seen in the past, um, you know, re, you having to pull over your car and basically restart your car to get the stereo working again, that's that's not good. Like, we don't yeah. want that, you know? That's that's not ideal. I, it's really it's really disappointing. And what I, what I worry about is, look, I, I can deal with this, right? Like, it's a pain in the butt, but I can deal. What I worry about are the normal people out there that are going to have this experience with iOS and they're going to say to themselves, well, this is why I just never need to upgrade my phone. Yeah, <laughs> Never do it. It just breaks stuff when there are so many security reasons to update Apple software. Like this is, this is the reason normal people buy Apple stuff is it should generally mm-hmm. work. And this particular release is so far beneath what I expect of Apple. Like a GM, if that's buggy, that's just the roulette wheel that you were spinning when you were doing <laughs> that. But this is this is prime time. This is this is a huge security issue for many people. And breaking critical banking software, breaking CarPlay, breaking your password generator. Yeah, it's it's just it's a really serious situation. So yeah. I I'm you know, I feel like we're sometimes hard on Apple for things like HomePod and rightly so, but this is this is a really big cock up in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope that it's not. I, I'm not trying to read anything more into this than than maybe it just was uh, a, a release that maybe just the engineering cycles were just off. You know, that happens in 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 every company. That happens to every company. Microsoft has issues like that. Google has issues like that. Apple does. I think we are more. Sometimes we're harder on Apple, I think, because Apple typically succeeds and Apple typically hides these sorts of issues. I, Like I said before, I can't ever remember a beta this buggy from Apple. For me, the thing that was bothersome wasn't so much that it was buggy in the developer betas, because if you if you are part of the developer program, like that's part of like, like that's your job. Like, like you deal with that, that. Exactly. Like, like, you know what you're getting into, right? Like, that's what you're doing. But if you are, um, but you, they now have these public beta periods where they don't necessarily encourage everyone to do it, but they like, hey, if you want to try out with the new software, do it, right? That's a little bit of a different situation. If you're um, a, a non-professional user and you're somebody who doesn't know better or you're not an enthusiast, not professional, probably long-term, and you're using these public betas, they should be pretty stable, in my opinion. So I did just want to say, uh, Christine, you keep calling it a, a beta, but this is like this is the real release of iOS. Like this is the official one for the phone. No, I, I I agree with you. I was talking about the beta period being kind of a precursor to oh, this got not it. being a good got experience. It. Sorry, sorry to be more clear. Yeah, At yeah, this yeah. point, there's not an excuse, right? Like right. you should you should be ready. But I guess to me, I was in some ways, hesitance, and I, I guess maybe not surprised because I saw what the beta process was like. Yeah, I guess as long and we can move on after this. I I would say for iOS 13, I depend very, 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 very heavily on CarPlay. Um, you know, for my for my Cayman, uh, I I skipped like the 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 factory uh, inside, you know, in-car navigation system because CarPlay is so much better. And this is the first year that they've substantially uh, updated the CarPlay interface and it is much, much, much better. It's cleaner. It's more functional. You can go to different pages more easily. So, you know, I there there's definitely good there. Uh, iOS 13, like iPadOS, is also really, really good. So I guess that's why it's it's frustrating that with all these great features, it's such a buggy hot mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, I am I don't have it yet, obviously, but I'm excited to get on the new version of Reminders. Yeah, uh, yeah. I find it uh, it's great that uh-oh. they're kind of ditching <laughs> the. Uh, oh, what do you mean? Uh oh. Well, uh, so one of the things Reminders is one of the biggest bugs uh, with iOS 13 because oh, if you're yeah. trying to sync it across multiple devices until Catalina is out. It's just a hot mess. So and my life, uh, but I'm glad that they're they're ditching the um, the like I, I'm totally skeuomorphic uh, yeah. design of that. Like it looks so much neater now. No, it looks great. It's good, but yeah, that that is like a great note. I would say is that that's one of those things where you you need to either choose to upgrade or not because um, Mac OS and we still I don't believe I don't believe we have a release date for Catalina, but that's not out yet. So. Well, let me, I want to do a brief update on Apple Arcade also, but first yeah. I'm going to tell y'all that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed. You don't gotta worry about it. Squarespace has it covered. 
They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. What? And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. For example, if I wanted to make a website devoted to the horrible house centipede that I just saw crawl into my (laughs) closet where I keep my winter boots, which I often stick my feet into without turning upside down and tapping first, just for example, um, (laughs) I I could probably go, I could make a Squarespace website devoted to that. And their beautiful full page photos would show the true depths of my nightmare as I paused our podcast to deal with this issue. But on that, you know, website, I could offer a contact form so that people could reach out to me and say that they're so sorry for what I went through. Um, I could have a blog offering updates on my emotional state. I could even (laughs) uh, set up an online store and sell some merch based on my personal suffering and the trauma that I just went through. Um, (laughs) So that those are just just one example, like right off the top of my head, of a thing you could do with Squarespace. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for Rocket and to look at every shadow on the floor a little more closely now (laughs) that you've seen what you've seen. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace so much for their support of this show and of me and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Thank you so, for turning that ad into a horror movie, Simone. Seriously, I yeah. that. you know what? It is. It, it is uh, Halloween month. My my friend Chris Taylor was being a complete uh, curmudgeon today, and he was like, "Halloween's just one day," and everybody was like, "F off, no, dude! It's, it's the month of October." I was like, "Look, the Disney Channel made it clear that it's a month, and they gave us Halloween Town, so <laughs> it is, that, that that that's that's where I'm at. That's just math." And it is just math. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, if it ain't your iPhone order going missing, it's a house centipede showing up in your closet. Am I right, folks? <laughs> this so, is true. Okay. Apple Arcade uh, has really been making a splash. And I wanted to touch on it because mm-hmm. it has, I think, a lot of people very excited about mobile games again from just what I've seen around me. I want to kind yep. of gauge what people are talking about uh, around you guys, because for us, um, I think before it launched, I felt positive about some of the games that were going to be on there. uh, But I did not expect people to get so hype. And I feel like everyone I know at Polygon is talking about how they're excited to be playing mobile games on the train again, or they found this amazing game from, from us too, or from uh, Capybara or from Zach Gage. And everyone's getting super hype about it um, and saying Apple Arcade is so, 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 so good. Um, Are you guys experiencing that too? So I have an apology to give rocket listeners actually, because I was hard on it and I said, I wasn't excited about it. I was completely wrong. Um, Apple Arcade is very high quality. It is an excellent purchase. And 
it really restores the faith in game design. Like the problem with in-app purchase as a uh, game model, it isn't just that it's annoying and exploitative. It fundamentally compromises the game design because you're like, am I losing because I suck or because I need to spend a couple of dollars? This is getting down to good game design in these games. There are a lot of fun experiments. There's a game I love called, uh, I believe it's called Assembled, where you uh, take things apart and rebuild them. And it's a nice little narrative story game. You can beat it in 40 minutes. It's just a wonderful experience, the kind that iOS just has not had. Uh, Choo Choo Rocket Universe is amazing. That's really good. I was going to say that one I really enjoyed, but I love that. I love that. I love Choo Choo Rocket so much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the I it's a fantastic experience. What do you think, Christina? Yeah, no, I think it's a good experience. Um, I, I think that it's high quality. I think that a lot of people are really excited about what this might mean in terms of making sustainable games and that sort of thing. This is the one thing, and I don't want to be a downer, and I'm not trying to be cynical, but I do have questions about, I guess, the long-term investment model. Mm. Yeah. Because I think that right now it's great. I mean, basically right now, Apple is a publisher for all intents and purposes. They are paying to develop these games is how the model is working. And um, I don't know what the, you know, uh, what the royalty stuff is after the fact. It's, I'm sure, much more advantageous to Apple than the studios. But if the studios are getting the, you know, the, the payment, you know, the funding up front to make it, then that makes it a lot easier, you know, to take that on, right? And you can, you can make the decision for yourself. Do I have kind of this sure thing where I'm, I'm being paid to do this? Um, and and I get less of the profits, or do I want to take the risk and and fund it myself and and have a higher profit margin? Right, like that's a that's a business decision. I guess my my only fear, and I don't have this fear really with Apple so much as I do with I think you know like a with Google uh, plays uh, you know new kind of subscription thing, and potentially other companies if they're to follow this model, is that it's kind of like what we see with TV, where there's a lot of people who are really happy to just fling money at anything, um, especially in the beginning. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a free-for-all. But that doesn't last forever. And so I I think this is great. I think it's good sustainable, you know, for, for, for game developers. I think it's great for end users. I do wonder about, like, the long-term impacts, right? Like, I don't know if this is the sort of thing where if you're an indie dev where you would be able to count on this for, you know, mini games in the future, right? Like that's the one question that I would kind of be kind of hesitant about is like, okay, you might have this great opportunity to do this, but you won't necessarily be able to say this will be the future way that I'll be able to do all of my games, right? Mm-hmm. So that that would be my only critique, but I think it's good. I mean, I I think that uh, exactly as, as, as you pointed out, Simone, I think that this is, brings us back to kind of that time before in-app purchase kind of and always connected games kind of ruined a lot of the experience and makes it just about gaming and just about discovering really good things. And I think what was so important and great about iOS, especially in the early years, was that the iPhone was this brand new platform and people were doing things that we'd never seen before. And because Apple limited the way that the monetization stuff worked, you didn't have you know these really kind of slimy, like, like, like you were mm-hmm. saying, like, is this hard because it's hard or is it hard because this is being engineered to get me to spend another dollar or two? I think that's exactly what Patrick Klepek said in his review of Grindstone. Yeah, he opens with, there used to be a time when I'd wake up every morning and excitedly check Apple's app store to see what games might be waiting, uh, which is like a time that was before my time on the app store, actually, um, since I came in with like in the age of Candy Crush and all that. Right. Um, But yeah, I... 
I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I know I could just sign up for the the free trial and enjoy oh, it. You definitely should. You definitely should. I mean, I think. But what if it awakens something in me? <laughs> then it's a couple of dollars a month. Like, I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna say it's five dollars a month. I mean, the thing is, look, and I realize that for some people that is um, not insignificant, and that every little bit, you know, matters. I'm not trying to be dismissive of that. Me personally, with my like match three games and stuff. I will spend five dollars. I mean, but I'm somebody who once wrote an article about all the money I spent on Candy Crush. Like, I it, yeah. it's 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 a negligible sort of thing. So for me, it was instructive to find out are there games that I will like and that I will consistently play. Like Apple News, that's not a service that I really get any value out of. I uh, mm-hmm. I, I I I subscribe to a, a ton of magazines and newspapers, like more than almost anyone probably you will ever meet. But I don't actually get a lot of value out of, out of Apple News. But, uh, you know, um, uh, Arcade is different. Um, I have not really used it with the Apple TV. Brie, have you? Uh, nope. Well, I didn't even know I could, actually. Stay tuned for a future episode where we try that. <laughs> I, um, so, yeah. wait, I didn't know this. It, if I subscribe to it on my phone, it works on Apple TV. The subscription carries over there. Yeah, it does. Um, oh. and, and and now the new Apple TV update works with PlayStation and, and Xbox controllers. Oh. Now, not ev- now, not every game has been optimized, but a lot of them have. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to return, before we jump off this topic, I want to return to something you were saying, Christina. Uh, so you're, you're saying you're worried about the long-term investment there uh, for Apple in Apple Arcade. We had that exact same discussion with PlayStation uh, when PlayStation plus first came out mm-hmm. this is way back in 2008 and i can hear greg miller and colin moriarty like arguing about this at the time and i just want to say the quality of games we've gotten under of, under psn plus has drastically drastically gone up as it's gone through because it's it's been a very revenue positive thing for it like this month you have sniper elite Four uh, on PlayStation, which is a fantastic game. For Apple, I think the argument is even stronger than it is for Xbox or PlayStation Plus uh, with those kind of subscription services because the development costs are a fraction of what they are for AAA gaming. And Apple really benefits from having a friendly ecosystem with excellent um, experiences there waiting for you. So I think... As long as they don't F up their OS again. (laughs) Right, right. No, no, I think think that's a great point. That's a great point. And we should note that PlayStation Plus, uh, or no, it's PlayStation Now that just uh, lower in price. PlayStation Now is the cloud uh, version that lets you play PlayStation 3 games. PlayStation Plus is the network architecture that also comes with free games every month. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah, that's something we're going to keep an eye on as we go forward. <laughs> but uh, now let's talk about Facebook. Oh, God. So, yeah, exciting, exciting news. What I love to see when I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. or actually, I think it was even before I went to bed last night, is uh, an emergency edition of Casey Newton's The Interface Newsletter. Um, and this one was, of course, about The Verge receiving hours, two hours of leaked audio of Mark Zuckerberg answering questions from Facebook employees um, in the kind of all hands that we have mm-hmm. often at companies such as at Vox after the after we bought New York Magazine, where the yep. CEO stands up there and is like, tell me what's up, guys. Ask me your questions. Yeah, this is not a, an uncommon uh, thing. Apparently, he does these every week. Um, and uh, 
there have been Facebook all hands things that have been leaked before. I think this is the most of any meeting that's ever been leaked from like one singular meeting. Mm-hmm. But cer- but it's it's uh you know um it's those things have happened before. Anyway, sorry, go on, Simone. Yeah, and it came at an exciting time. Uh, although it feels like every month this year is kind of an exciting time for Facebook. Uh, But this one was around the time that they had uh, accepted the fine from the FTC. Um, Libra had been announced and that was being criticized. It was in the midst of Elizabeth Warren and other politicians talking about breaking up Facebook. Um, And Mark Zuckerberg had recently testified in front of Congress and was not testifying in the EU. Um, So it it addresses, it's a QA and a basically with his employees that addresses all of these topics and in a way uh, in its tone, which I actually kind of liked because he's in his office and mm-hmm. uh, is kind of letting his guard down in a way that he doesn't when he's say testifying in front of Congress. Um, that doesn't mean that the, the content of what he said is uh, beyond criticism, but I, I, I liked seeing this like more, casual, laughing, jokey side of him um, when he's not at a barbecue, if everyone has seen that video. I hope you've all seen the video of Mark Zuckerberg talking about grilling meats. Um, But yeah, I I think, shall we start talking? What what was your guys' uh, initial reaction to this, I guess? I I have a controversial opinion on this. I I did not think there was a lot there that was damning. I thought the Elizabeth Warren quote was... um, I mean, it really shows that, you know, you're not going to get billionaires of giant companies to do the right thing on their own. You're going to have to fight. This is why we have regulation. But, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm not upset when I see, you know, like, uh, I mean, I expect, I expect them to act this way. So Mm -hmm. um, overall, I didn't really think there was a lot here that was shocking. Yeah, I totally agree on the Warren comments, actually, because I feel like, a, he doesn't say anything rude or dismissive about her. Um, he basically says what he needs to say as a CEO, which is it could there could be a legal challenge. I think we're going to win because I don't think we're doing anything wrong, um, but in a more pithy way, which I, I really don't see anything wrong with him saying that. No, I mean, look. I was kind of of two minds, like when this leaked, um, Casey Newton has, he rolled his eyes at me for even suggesting this. And sorry, Casey, but I thought, it, I still think it's a valid question where I, part of me wondered if this was like a controlled leak, right? Because Ooh. this is one of those, I, I don't think it was, to be clear. I actually mm-hmm. don't think it was, but it was something that went through my mind where I thought, this doesn't actually make Facebook, Facebook look bad. Yeah. Um, it, this, if anything, this kind of puts Elizabeth Warren on the on the defense a little bit. It, it it raises some other questions, but it doesn't actually make Facebook look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also the sort of thing where, even though obviously these all hands, you would hope that people wouldn't leak them, and you would hope that this stuff would not be revealed. All these CEOs and, and Mark Zuckerberg has actually. I, I kind of agree with you. He's. I'm shocked. I never thought that I would say this with a straight face. He has actually turned into a, a pretty well-spoken, you know, authority figure, CEO person, which I, I never thought would be the case with him. But he does come <laughs> across well, right? He does, and, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is, though, is that any of these executives at these big companies, when you do these all hands, obviously everybody's supposed to keep it confidential. It's not supposed to leak. But it's not as if the CEOs or the high-ranking executives are going to say anything in these all hands in front of potentially thousands of employees mm-hmm. that they would not be comfortable with being public. 
Yeah. Um, they and, know and, there and, are no it, secrets. Without a doubt. I mean, to the point where, you know, I thought Facebook actually handled the leak remarkably well today and that Mark Zuckerberg posted on his own Facebook status. We have these every month. You know, this is not supposed to be, you know, it was supposed to be confidential, but where it's it's fine. And he linked to the article. He, you know, he he openly linked to it, which to me is an indicator that says, yeah, my legal team, my media handlers, all my people, I knew what I was saying and nothing that there was no gotchas in this, right? Like anything that he said would be something that would be vetted and would be allowed to to go out. Might not share mm-hmm. it as directly as he did, but nothing was was, you know, like controversial in that sense. Yeah, I I do feel like I want to say though, I I find I I did find his comments in in regards to the Elizabeth Warren quote, do we have that in front of us? Uh, I uh, don't have it in front of me right yes. now. It's something to the effect of we want to do the right thing. We want to help the country as we can. That said, you know, we're going to, if she tries to do this, we're going to fight her to the mat on this and take her to court and she's going to lose, which I thought sounded like something a Bond villain would say. I, but, I actually have yeah. the quote in front of me uh, and I can read it. You have someone like Elizabeth Warren who thinks that the right answer is to break up the tech, the companies. If she gets elected president, then I would bet that we will have a legal challenge and I would bet that we will win the legal challenge. And does that still suck for us? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to have a major lawsuit against our own government. But look, at the end of the day, if someone's going to try to do something that existential, you go to the mat and fight. Yeah, no, I mean that that that's a hardcore statement. That's definitely saying we're we're going to go and fight it. I think that it, you know, I I would be more critical. I mean, look, I don't like what he's saying, but I would be more critical of him in this idea if he brought her up unprompted, but the person who asked the question actually mentioned her by name. Yeah. So in that case, like, I think it's, it's, you know, he said what he said, and I, I think it's accurate. I would rather him be honest. I do worry about what this signals to Democratic, uh, um, you know, donors and to um, corporate America and to other types of people. Mm-hmm. I don't want this sort of rhetoric coming from Facebook that says we will be fighting this, taking this to the mat and whatnot. Like, in you don't want it to have any sort of impact potentially on an election and on who the nominee is or what, you know, support people do or don't give candidates because they're worried about, you know, kind of the the the, the corporate aspect, right? Like, yeah. the, I, I, is that what me, you meant when you tweeted um, that, that this is dangerous? Yes, yes, because that, that was what I meant when I tweeted it was dangerous because my big fear would be, even though I don't think he said anything beyond the pale and I don't think he said anything bad. And as I said, I actually don't think this made them look bad. What scares me, though, is that this could create an entire cycle of, conversation that then attacks, you know, um, uh, one of the candidates or a party who are trying to do things and by, like, proxy lends, you know, support to the current administration. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want. I don't want this sort of conversation and and big business and other people and, and people who might be sympathetic to big business to use these sort of signals and these sort of cues to be like, oh, well, if, if this is where Facebook is going and we want to be aligned with this because our business is tied up with that or whatever, then we can't be supportive of, of you know, this candidate or this party. I don't want Trump to get elected again because, you know, Facebook doesn't want to have to fight uh, potentially with a breakup. And, and I also want to be very mm-hmm. clear. I'm not of the opinion that big tech necessarily needs to be broken up. Um, I don't actually know if that would make anything better. I also am of the opinion that even if Elizabeth Warren were elected president and even if she was going to campaign on that mission, 
I don't think there are the votes in there. And I don't think that I think it would be very, very difficult for the Department of Justice to actually break up these big tech companies. Um, It it certainly wouldn't be as easy as people are trying to make it look. um, and, And history has shown that. Right. So, you know, but but like. I guess the my da- the reason I said that it was dangerous was because I don't want this rhetoric to start something else where people are either sitting on their hands and not doing anything about the lawlessness and the insanity that is happening in the current administration or are, you know, by some notions, because the way you could read his comments in some ways would be, we support the Trump administration. That's really dangerous to me. That's not that's not a message I want. And maybe I'm overreading into that, but that was my initial kind of take. I was like, shoot, I don't want that to be the underlying message that gets out. Absolutely. And I also want to say, um, yeah, I said I didn't think there was anything that bad in there. I actually want to qualify that a bit. I thought his, I thought Zuckerberg's comments on Casey uh, Newton's excellent reporting on what Facebook moderators are dealing with and the psychological damage that that causes and him calling them overdramatic. Yes, I thought that, that was, was arrogant as hell. And I thought it was is a wildly inappropriate thing to say. If you're a CEO of a company, you should care more about the psychological welfare of your workers. Uh, but coming back to your point, Christina, look, uh, you know, the argument for impeachment right now, not to get political, but to me is like, I think the House of Representatives needs to stand up and provide a check on this president. Maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't, but that kind of check for a co-equal branch of government is important to do. And I think in the same way, I think I expect Facebook to act like a billion-dollar corporation is going to act. And what I want to see from Washington is regulators act like regulators are supposed to act instead of being a best friend to government all the time. I think that if you're there providing more of a check in the public interest, we can't wave a magic wand and know what the outcome is going to be. But that's that is absolutely doing more of that is absolutely Mm -hmm. what I support. So I think that I think Zuck is being very glib there and a little arrogant, but no more so than every other billionaire of a giant corporation. No, no. I I was going to say, I mean, honestly, there's no gotcha here, right? Like, it's great that Casey obtained the audio, um, but there's no gotcha here. And I I would actually agree with you. I would would 100% agree that his comments, that those bothered me too, his comments on the contractors and saying, I think people are being a little bit traumatic. That's not okay. about that part. (laughs) I had to until you mentioned it, Brie. I'm glad you did, because that's not okay. Because look, no one is saying, and I don't think that any of the reporting has represented that the only content that these people are looking at is this heinous stuff over and over again. But I don't care if I see one beheading an hour, right? Like this is, you know what I mean? Like not only that, but but it completely belies, belays whatever the term is, the broader point, which is it's not just the um the content that they're viewing. The conditions of these contract facilities are deplorable. A dude had a heart attack and died, and then they, you know, kind of cleaned up his face like nothing happened, you know? I mean, like, it's, you know, people are smearing, you know, excrement, like, on the walls of the bathroom. Like, this Ugh. is not an okay place for, you know, this was one of the facilities that that, uh, that Casey Newton covered. Like, this is not, like, a, a good thing. So it's not just that the content is horrific and that they're not doing enough to kind of protect people and that they don't pay them, you know, wages that are are worth going through this and they don't have, you know, the psychological counseling and whatnot. But then the working conditions themselves are like bad. Mm-hmm. So to make a comment to be like, oh, I think people are being overdramatic, 
look, I get it. Your employees, and I know a lot of people who work at Facebook, and I love them all. And many, I would say more than actually most tech companies, people who work at Facebook believe that they are doing good things. They believe they're making the world a better place. That's been why the last year and a half has been really difficult for them because they have been criticized in a way that even though Facebook was kind of criticized before, it hasn't been like this. And people are having to ask themselves questions about what is it that I do and where do I fit in this? And does this go against my core beliefs? So they read these things. They ask their CEO these questions. I understand that the impulse is going to be, especially if you have, you know, an employee base that is going to be more sensitive and is going to be more, you know, empathetic and is not going to want, is not going to take, say, the position that some big corporate tech companies would have, which is like, whatever, you know, somebody's got to do the job. These employees don't have that position. And so I understand the impulse to be like, okay, I think this is a little bit overblown. You know, we obviously want things to be better. But that is one of those things where you should never say, I think this is overdramatic or overblown. Like, don't, yeah. don't, even if you believe that's true, like, that's just a bad, that, that's like, that was his one kind of PR leadership. It's bad totally. leadership. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a reliable way to ensure that your network data is secure without slowing down your internet speed. If you ever use Wi-Fi at a hotel or a shopping mall or an airport, you're sending data over an open network with no encryption. You silly goose. The scary thing is that makes it easy for a hacker to bypass Wi-Fi security and steal your information by exploiting flaws such as crack with a K, which is key reinstallation attack. The best way to ensure your data is encrypted and can't be read by hackers is by using ExpressVPN. It's so easy. Just download the app on your computer or smartphone. I got both. And then use the internet like you normally would. Just click one button in the app to secure all of your network data. What? ExpressVPN is the fastest and most reliable, and they're recommended as the number one VPN provider by TechRadar and CNET. They take privacy and security to the next level. They even invented a technology called Trusted Server to ensure that VPN servers run from RAM and no data logs are written to a server's hard drive, even by accident. Well, security is great and all. I haven't been hacked. Maybe because I use ExpressVPN. Ha ha ha. But you know what I did do, folks? I traveled in Europe. And you know what I have access to? HBO Go, which is paid Mm -hmm. for legally by Christina Warren, my aunt. (laughs) Um, Your cousin. Your cool cousin. My cool cousin. But you know what you can't use legally even in Europe? HBO Go, even if you pay for it. So what your girl did was used ExpressVPN to be in Washington, D.C. Interesting, yeah. right? Interesting. And that's how I watched the entire first season of Barry. <laughs> Is it good? It's Is it great. It's really good. It's great. It's a delight. I haven't seen it yet. So if you want the best in online security, and also I didn't get my info hacked while I was on the hotel Wi-Fi, right? Ooh. Right? On that free hotel Wi-Fi, oh my God, all of my info could have been stolen, but it weren't because I had the best in online security and privacy protection, and you can too. You can head over to expressvpn.com slash rocket for three extra months free with a one-year package. Protect your internet today with the VPN that I trust to keep my data safe. Go to expressvpn.com slash rocket to get started. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. 
Yay. Can I add something of that really quickly Totes. before we move on? Yep. So prestigious Vox Media property, The Verge, uh, last week was reporting that ISPs actually had the gumption, actually uh-huh. had the gumption to go and claim that they have to spy uh-huh. on where you're going because it would be a competitive disadvantage against Google and other companies if they can't spy on wow. you yep. and take yep. all that data. So. I just want to say, anyone that wanted to use a VPN product to mm-hmm. avoid that word I can't say as a politician, I fully think that's a great idea. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. There are some states, the state of Washington is one of them, where there are actually laws that prevent ISPs from doing that. But most states don't have those things. And since net neutrality does not exist, oh. uh, you know, like, yeah, use it. Even, even at home, because your ISP... Could be spying on you. Make, well, they want to. They want to get permission to do it as much as possible. You would love so, it. Um, one minor Facebook update that I just wanted to share before we go on Ooh, to our, our yeah. dessert topic. Uh, this just broke in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, uh, just going to read the headline. Visa, MasterCard, and others reconsider involvement in Facebook's Libra network. <gasps> so oh, ex- executives of some um, of Libra's backers declined Facebook's requests to publicly support the project. So um, this is really interesting that um, there's been backlash, you know, from the U.S. and European government officials in the over the last few days, and, and there's been uh, testimony in Congress about Libra. And now apparently, according to the journal, this this uh, article went um, live about an hour ago, um, Visa and MasterCard are reconsidering their investment. And Good. I will say, I hope you yeah, do. I agree. I agree. And the thing is, Libra's success uh, hinges on two things. One, the ubiquity of Facebook and the fact that everybody uses it. But the, the, the secondary thing is the fact that it could be interchangeable with the existing systems, which would mean Visa and MasterCard. So if Visa and MasterCard are are not in or are pushing back, then that that spells a lot of problems for Libra, which, yeah, I'm I agree. Good. Mm-hmm. Who had uh, WSJ read that? That is uh, his double byline, Anna Maria and um, Andriotis and Peter uh, Rudiger. Okay, cool. Nice. I will read that immediately. All right, folks, it's time for desserts. Oh, it's so good this week. It's so good. It is good. Although, okay, so the first full trailer for... Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, the upcoming movie, the Margot Robbie uh, fronted girl gang movie about Harley Quinn and the, of course, Birds of Prey, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, its first full trailer was released today and it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks so good. However, can we get our hopes up knowing, as people have pointed out in the comments, DC is really good at making trailers. Okay, fair. They are really good at making trailers. And Suicide Squad, which is an Oscar-winning film, which is really depressing, <laughs> yeah. um, is is a terrible movie. However, however, wait, however, wait, wait, wait. What did I, what Suicide Squad win an Oscar for? I believe either uh, costume or makeup. Oh, sorry, yeah, what? yeah, or maybe a special effects costume or makeup. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they, it's it's an Oscar-winning movie, which is. That was uh, I thought I mean, that was a joke in the nerdist no, video. How no, they kept saying that. No, I was no, like, it's that's not. Yep, it's best makeup and hairstyling. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, no, I, I remember this because I was watching the Oscars and Catherine uh, Trinacosta, my my former coworker and my still my very good friend. She, we were watching it together. We were like in our, our group chat, and it happened. I got into Slack, and I was like, "All right, that's the blog, Catherine. This is like the one Oscar blog. This was before the um um the the 
the midnight stuff, the moonlight stuff. But um, I was like, that's the blog, Catherine. That's the io9 blog. Suicide, I can't believe Suicide Squad is now an Oscar winner. <laughs> and I think I, and I think that's what the headline was. But um, Oh, my God. I, okay, so Suicide Squad, terrible movie. I, I thought that the only redeeming part of it was actually Harley Quinn uh, and uh, Margot Same. Robbie. Same. So even though I agree with the critique that DC is very good at making trailers, um, if even if this is like garbage, I still I'm still into it. I don't know. I, I really like Margot Robbie. Okay, I'm pretty, counterpoint. Yes, go for it. Aquaman, super camp movie. I love Aquaman. I liked Aquaman more than Captain Marvel. It is such a great bad movie. It is a gloriously bad movie. Amber Heard in that terrible wig running around uh-huh. is awesome. I love the soundtrack. That was a great movie. Shazam was solid. Joker, I realize there's some politics there, but film reviewers have said it's a I'm good really, movie look, overall. I'm really looking forward to seeing I'm Joker. I'm psyched for it. Um, so I think it is accurate to say DC has really been on an upwards trajectory since Suicide Squad came out. I think that's yeah, fair. I mean, and I also, yeah. like, I really admire Margot Robbie as... Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. she, I think she's a very smart producer. Uh, and I, the fact that she, this is something she's been asking for and pushing mm-hmm. for ever since she first, you know, got cast as Harley Quinn, I think, in Suicide Squad. Yep. Um, I, I trust her. I, I, and I, I want to see what she's going to do with this. Also, Asian American woman or Asian woman is, is the director, Kathy Yan, which you love to see. Um, I love I to see. That's. Uh, well, I would just love to see like a woman dedic- like directing a film like I'm this, ju- right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not questioning you. I'm just repeating no, 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 the I'm, meme. I'm just saying, like, 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 I think that's actually really great. Um, and uh, no, and I agree with you. And I, I was actually very happy in the like the at the end trailer thing to see Margot Robbie got her PGA like credit right there. And there I was like, good for you. Like, you know, she's producer, but not only that, like, she got like the PGA like credit. Um, and um, which because like, like you said, she's really championed. Um for this basically since she was cast originally. And uh, I, I love to see Rosie Perez, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I, I love Rosie Perez and, and white men can't jump is a good freaking movie. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm actually gonna be honest, even if it's trash, like this is trash. I will watch on an airplane at, yep. happily. Like yep. nice. just like Aquaman. Completely. Uh, I do want to say on the Asian American thing, like I can't speak for this, but I did watch the trailer of my husband and he was pretty annoyed that he's like, wow, even in a, a movie about all women, the uh, Asian cast member is still the the sidekick. And he yeah. was pretty annoyed by that. So that was his criticism, not mine. No, which is fair. I mean, you know, look, it's a two minute trailer. Hopefully that's not yep. how the whole thing goes, but I think that's a, that's a fair critique. Yep. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Uh, Juicy Smollett's, uh, younger sister is in it and she's married and i you know what good job hyphenating the name now because yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was my thought too um also mary elizabeth winstead is in this one of my favorite actresses she was great in the the she looks so good she looks so amazing yeah i love her yeah uh i'm psyched for this movie it's like it's it's it doesn't have like a an overtly feminist bent to it. But it's just like women being awesome through this whole trailer. And I just, I don't know. I'm super psyched for this. 
it it shows like a lot of very short clips, but there's one mm-hmm. uh, scene that plays all the way through, not scene that plays all the way through, but one section of uh, dialogue where Harley's driving and I think it's Cassandra Kane in the passenger seat and uh, Harley hands her a stick of dynamite to throw in the car <laughs> yeah, behind them. And it's that. Yeah. like totally yeah. weird and funny and like j- very surreal and cartoony in a way that like that's what I want from this. So that yep. that bit made me pretty hype. Same. I, I also really liked the the bit where she um uh, they were like uh, she was I guess like, roughing people up in, in the club or whatever. She's like oh you know we should, it's like a slumber party oh we should order pizza or whatever and then um uh, you know a person's like Harley. We're like in the middle of something. She's like, oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I really appreciate it. I was like, that's good. Like, I, yeah, because I, I, you know what? Um, We don't have a lot of like female villain types who just kind of straight up kind of embrace that. But this past year, we've had a lot of that. I mean, first, I guess last year with um, with Ocean's 8, we had a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. then obviously with Hustlers and now this. Like, I'm all about it. Like, we always have all the like the, the male anti hero like celebration of that kind of stuff you know, film, whether it goes really dark, like Mm -hmm. what it looks like Joker is going to be, or if it's just kind of like a celebration of stuff, like all the, you know, every Scorsese, you know, mob story. Um, So yeah, I'm like, even if it's trash, I'm into seeing like girls like having fun, like wreaking havoc. Like, why not? Yeah, that's exactly what I want this year right now. Uh, One thing, a lot of people have noticed this, uh, Harley Quinn's uh, neck tattoo, uh, keeps disappearing and reappearing. Oh, the one from no. Suicide Squad in this. So maybe there's a scene where she has laser tattoo removal surgery. I don't know, but that's interesting. <laughs> All right. Hey, folks, this episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Pingdom, the company who Ooh. make website performance monitoring really easy. Everyone loves a fast website. Woohoo! And Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online, such as Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, BuzzFeed, and Slack. These are just a few companies who trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Websites can get pretty complicated, but you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom. Stuff like user registrations or logins or checkouts and much more. All the things that are really important, you know, Apple, to get... (laughs) Seamless. <laughs> Pingdom care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It is super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL and they will take care of the rest. Abuya. So go to pingdom.com slash relay FM right now for a 14 day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of ROCKET and Relay FM. Ladies, what have you been doing this week? Christina? I am so busy with work. It is crazy. So uh, also, fun fact, on my latest uh, YouTube video, uh, no one bothered to kind of check for me to make sure that my lipstick didn't get all over my teeth as I was talking. Oh, no. Uh-huh. No. Ugh. Oh yeah. Men. Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, it's great. Um, I, I don't look, they were incredibly busy last week in the studio. It is not their fault. Um, but I didn't have a monitor like I usually do to be able to kind of like catch those things. And so it was one of those things I caught like when I was uploading it. Obviously, I made a comment in both the description and in, in the YouTube thing. The audience so far has been fairly nice. But that was uh that was the highlight of my week was getting my <laughs> lipstick yep. all over my teeth, which is great. Um, but no, but I've been just really busy with work stuff. But um, I, I said this on Twitter. I don't know when I'm going to get it done. It'll probably be sometime next week and everybody will be bored and already 
happy with their phones, but I'm going to try to write just a little short, you know, kind of like a review, answer people's questions about the the iPhone um, um, 11 uh, Pro Max because I've missed doing that. So oh, yeah, I want to yeah. see this review that. to know if I should buy one. So please write that. <laughs> Great bleh, Brianna. <laughs> what, Brianna. Who are you? What are you doing this week? <laughs> what am I doing this week? I had the most glorious TV clip this week. I'm so proud of this. So uh, one of the weird things when you run for office, like local TV is more helpful to be on than national TV. Oh, totally, yeah. So uh, I did a really long segment on our Sunday news shows this week for uh, local Boston TV. And I'm sitting there in the first two segments, it's like a, it's like a 15 minute thing. They're asking me questions, hardcore questions about Medicare policy, this and that. And then they break it up in the middle with the video game quiz. And I <gasps> want to show this to anyone oh my God, yes. who has ever accused me of being a fake gamer girl <laughs> because it is glorious. Because You're like, they suck it. ask me questions. And even before he can ask the question and give me the multiple choice answers, I'm giving the answers. And he eventually goes, stop doing that. <laughs> You're like, but clip. I'm excited. I can't. I've waited my whole life for this. So That's that so was, good. That was glorious. I mean, they clearly just need to listen to Rocket because you talk about policy right. and then video games all the time. Right, right. I've it sounds like skills. the perfect job for you, Brianna. I think you might be qualified. <laughs> it, really does. it would be good. Uh, another thing I'm doing, I know you haven't played this yet, uh, Simone. I have tried so hard to get into Dark Souls. Oh boy! Uh, I played all of them. Blood. Uh, what's it? What's the Bloodborne? Is that the the sequel to it? Yeah, I played that uh, when I was babysitting uh, my friend Ashley's thirteen-year-old. Yeah, was fun, I thought actually, I I thought it sucked. Uh, I thought every I mean, I, mean, I, played Souls... it, I, I, I played it for like an hour, but I thought it was kind of fun anyway. Okay, I I I've never been able to get into any of them. Code Vein is a Souls-like that Namco Bandai put out, which is the same company behind Tekken and uh, a lot of hardcore RPGs, uh, Soul Calibur, uh, and it it has a very anime aesthetic. I have gotten so wildly, crazily addicted to this game. It is amazing. It is super hardcore, but it doesn't have that like super dark aesthetic, like this depressing to look at. It's, it's, you play as like vampires in a post apocalyptic world, but it's got really fun character designs and the best anime character creator in any game in history. Nice. Uh, so I'm playing this and really, really enjoying it. I have been playing a game called Wilmot's Warehouse, which I am so hooked on. It's a Switch game um, from the creators of Hohoka, which is a very abstract, weird puzzle game that came out a while ago. But you play as a little square working in a warehouse, and you get deliveries of colorful blocks with shapes and symbols and objects on them, and you have to organize them. And then people come and they give you orders and you have to go find the blocks that you organized and deliver them in a timely manner. And then you get more blocks and fulfill more orders and organize the warehouse more. It's very good. I, I love it. I love Wilmot. I love his warehouse. I want to organize it forever. And I will. <laughs> I want to, I want to play this. So the, the, the switch game I've been playing is untitled goose game. Oh, okay, heck yeah. I gotta ask. I've not played this yet. Is it's it good? great? It's great. Yeah. It's surprisingly hard. Yeah, it is. I played it like a year ago at XOXO, and no, it's really, really fun. And and you look, you can make the goose honk, and that's just great. And you can make him honk, and and he's 
you know, the, he's kind of a jack, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I find it very, very fun. So what is what I mean, I've seen clips of it and it just seemed like a casual game. So I haven't picked it up. Why is everyone raving about this? It's a hardcore stealth game. Oh, really? <laughs> no. So it's it's interesting. Basically, you play as a goose. Uh, you have a checklist of items. Um, most of them are just causing mayhem. Some of them mm-hmm. are to fulfill your objective of moving through different spaces in your tiny English town to find a bell to take back to your nest. It It's interesting because mechanically, like, it's super easy to do any of the things, like honking, picking stuff up, um, moving it around, running, flapping your wings. But then... To actually, like, succeed at, say, stealing the gardener's hat is very (laughs) difficult. Okay. Um, Which is why, like, it's been super interesting to watch it hit the zeitgeist because people are – people across, like, all spectrums, like, people who don't generally play games, people who love games, they're all kind of trying this out. Um, And it's definitely, like, a lot of the people at Polygon were kind of, like – people who have played it have gotten frustrated with it because it seems like super inane and zany, but it's very, very difficult to actually succeed. Mm -hmm. But then I also hear from a lot of people who don't generally play games or enjoy games who are like, I love it. I'm a goose. I'm a honking. Um, (laughs) And I asked my friend Eric about it because I was like, I don't understand if it, it, because it is so hard. Like I got really frustrated playing it. Why, why are people not bouncing off it? And what he pointed out was that there's really no lose condition. Like, you don't die. Exactly. You just cause more well, that's chaos. The thing. You just, right. That's the thing. It's like you can – obviously, it is really hard to achieve the objectives. But you also have kind of this, you know, kind of sandbox thing where if you don't want to achieve the objectives, you can just cause chaos and you just have fun being mm-hmm. a goose. Yeah. Uh, also, I think the art is really amazing. It's and very there's something there, there's something about that which is really good. It's a great Switch game. I think I first played it, uh, it's probably a PC version, but I played it with like an Xbox controller, and that was a good experience. But like this is one of those, I think especially with how hard it can be, it makes it really good for the Switch, especially in portable mode because, mm-hmm. okay, I'm frustrated, now I'm at work. You know, like I'm, I'm off the bus, I'm at work, and, and I can come back this and, you know, maybe come at it from a different perspective or do something different with it. Yeah. I don't know. I really like it. And it's been written All up right. like in Washington Post and everything. Like it's truly gone mainstream. Um, and I'm very proud of the developers and happy for them. All right. You sold me. I'll buy it. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, right. And hey, f- listeners, let us know what you think when you review our show on Apple Podcasts. And don't let us know what you think when you find us on social media. Brianna, where would that be for you? <laughs> Do not ever tweet me ever, ever, ever showing support for my Alex Jones lawsuit uh, at Brianna Wu on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Doom Quasar. What about you, Christina? You can find me and the lipstick all over my teeth at film <laughs> underscore girl on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the videos that I do at work, hopefully without lipstick on my teeth, at Microsoft or at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. One can only hope. Uh, I, the people who made Untitled Goose Game got the URL goose.game. Yes, so, good. so good. Anyway, hey, this episode of Rocket is terminated. <laughs> terminated. Terminated. Terminated.